You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Are you looking at data in your dental practice and thinking, where do I even start? This is too much data. I don't know if this data is good, bad. Ah, it's too much to look at. Well, a lot of you are saying that. Today, we bring in Curtis Marshall from Dental Intel, and he shows us the art of data analysis, how you can make this simple, and you can transform your dental practice as a whole and for each role in the practice. You are going to love this. We also have included a download to see where you're at and where the opportunities are so that you can go to work as a team and improve things over time. So make sure you guys listen to this. I know you'll enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where you know the jam around here. My job is to find the best thinkers, best teachers, best leaders in all of dentistry to help you do decode some of this complexity and help you create a better practice, better life. Today, we're going to be talking about metrics. All of you are looking at metrics. You have to be looking at data because without any data, we're just having a conversation about how we feel. Data removes all emotion, tells us what's going on. It's the brutal facts, whether we like them or not. We don't have to like them, but we do have to pay attention to data. And to have this discussion, we're going to be talking about data and how we can put them in different buckets to make it easier for you and your team to understand whole versus role, which we'll describe in a second, with Curtis Marshall from Dental Intel. Curtis, thanks for being on, brother. I appreciate you. My friend, absolutely every time, anytime. Yeah. Love being here with you. Thanks for having me. I love, I don't even ask you. I just tell you you're coming on and then you come on and you always enlighten us and me and you're a great teacher. Um, and I follow your lead, you know, when it comes to core values, things, look at that. I, I listen to you, um, and I'm paying attention and I want people to know, so we're going to go down this path. We're going to be talking analytics data. Uh, if somebody doesn't know who Curtis Marshall is or dental Intel, give us a little insight. Who are you? What do you do? What is dental Intel? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm going to actually let everyone know that one thing that I've, really been impressed with and whenever talking to anybody is that what we do on a day-to-day -day basis is just it's 
it's temporary. And so I, I am going to start off by saying who I am a little bit more is Curtis Marshall, not necessarily what I do, uh, but then uh, quick what I do. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been in dentistry. Uh, I started out in doing uh, marketing and uh, opened t-shirt stores in the Caribbean. Uh, I used to do a lot of different things, but I got into dentistry about 15 years ago and absolutely love it. I've got three beautiful girls. My oldest just got her driver's license. Whoa. Uh, I live in Utah, born and raised. I've uh, been here, left a few times and keep coming back, uh, but absolutely love it out here. I love go jump on the lake. And so, meaning, and the reason why I say all this, Kirk, is that it's really important for us to connect as humans uh, and not just uh, like, oh, yeah, what, what is it that you do, right. but really who you are. Yeah. So that's a little bit who I am. Yeah. And you just took your daughters to a Taylor Swift concert, which was so cool. Just tell us about it. It was, it was so fun. Went to the Nashville one. If you, anybody follows Taylor Swift, that was her first raining one. So she sang in the rain. She rode a bike in the rain. She did all these crazy things and performed magnificent, magnificently uh, in Nashville uh, just a couple of weeks ago. That's and awesome. so that was, a, that was a great memory with the, the, my daughters. That's awesome. And then t-shirts yeah. in the Caribbean. You haven't told me that one. Yeah, it was, uh, I opened many stores in the Caribbean. Uh, they changed colors. So they start off black and white and then you go outside and then they burst with colors. Uh, this company found that uh, NASA, when they made the face shields, right? They wanted to be able to say, hey, when I'm looking in the dark, I want to have it clear. But when I go to the sun, it's so bright, I need to get really dark, right? They took that same technology. We have glasses now that kind of do that yep. inside their light, right? But they applied it to the ink. So on your shirt, it would change. It would do that same thing, but in the ink. Wow. The shirt. A little gimmick. I'm always learning from you, man. I didn't even know that existed. And so um, we're going to go down this path of metrics. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know we're big fans of Dental Intel. It's changed the game for us as coaches. We now have more uh, insight, intel, transparency on what happens almost every minute in a dental office. The challenge with it is it can be super complex. There's a lot of data points back there. I mean, billions of data points are back on the platform altogether. And today we're going to talk about how you can simplify the approach. And you guys are always improving your technology. In the fall, you're going to roll out, roll out more focused analytics to be able to help offices instead of saying, go back here into the ocean and find out what you're looking for. So you can apply it to your practice. But let's start here. You brought into the conversation the whole versus role. So help us understand that concept when it comes to data. W-H-O-L-E, for, uh, for those who are not reading it, uh, whole versus role, R-O-L-E. So the whole meaning, hey, here's everything that's happening in your practice, right? The high level, everything that's going on. The role meaning as an individual, what should I be focusing on? And we have many different team members and different roles in the office. Some people might be two or three different roles, right. but there it's, so I'm not necessarily saying people, we're saying roles, like what you need to be looking at. Yeah. Uh, the, you're so right. I liked how you call it the ocean 
of data and information. We pull all the data and information out of people's practice management softwares. So all the ones and zeros, we don't pull the reports because the practice management software makes their own reports. We pull all the raw data, clean it up, and give you a whole bunch of metrics that if you're like Kirk and his team, you're going to read those and understand it. You have a decoder and you know how to read it. But for the uh, roles in the office and what to, uh, different team members, looking in that C could be very difficult. And so we want to uh, talk today about, uh, be get a little bit more specific even, Kirk, right? As far as uh, role versus whole. Yeah. And so that's that would be the a good disclaimer of where we're going. Absolutely. So today we're going to pick hygiene specifically because there's a lot of different, and I'll have Curtis back. We'll, we'll take it apart these departments and give you targets so that you can see if the entire department as a whole is, is healthy. And so let's go down the path of hygiene. Now I've got a handout too. So if you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, go down to the notes, you'll be able to click on the link. And what Dental Intel does for us is they give us these key performance indicators benchmarks for each department. It's for the front office, it's for the hygiene department, and for the dentist. And what they do is they categorize the data from bottom 10%, where they find over 10,000 installs. Is, is it way more than that now? It's, it was like 10,000 installs where the data points show up on the bottom 10% of users, where they show up for the average user, and then what the top 10% of users do of all the installs you have. Did I say that correctly? Kurt? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're almost at 20,000, uh, by the way, now. Okay, think thousand, about that. So. 20,000 installs. So you're gathering a lot of data points. And what's really cool is you can normalize this. So this is the benefit to you as a dentist. How am I doing? I don't know if we're doing good. If we're doing bad, how does it compare? And so we're going to give you some insight on that. So give us a little overall overview of the whole hygiene department. What would you say are some of the metrics? If I'm a dentist, what do I want to be looking at as a whole in hygiene? Yeah, so this is something that is, uh, I'm going to give you two numbers here, but this is something that we, here's what we typically do. We take the whole and then we go to the team and say, this is the problem, go fix it. And everybody goes in different directions to try to fix something, yet they don't know if it's going to be related to or not. And they come back and they're like, I'm exhausted, or this is what I did, or oh, I forgot uh, because I, and I'm saying I forgot, but really I didn't know where to go. Right. But as an owner or as a leader in the practice or as a coach, you want to know that these two uh, these two, uh, these two different things, because it's the whole, it's what's happening so that we can then say, all right, now let's look at something else for the role. Yeah. Okay. So first off, hygiene. You want to compare, know the different, uh, the delta, the difference between your active patients, patients who have been in your office uh, in the last 18 months versus how many are in your hygiene program. And how they're in your hygiene program is that they've completed a cleaning. D1110, D1120, which are profies, uh, 43, 42, 43, 42. 
which uh, or 43, which are perio, or 4910, which is a perio, uh, perio maintenance code, right? Those are considered cleanings. If they've done a cleaning, now they're in your hygiene program. Right. So you have 2,000 active patients. How many of those 2,000 active patients are uh, hygiene active, meaning they've been in the office for hygiene? So before we go further, Kirk, does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. So, and that number is okay. going to show up. If I have dental intel and I'm a user, how do I find that number, Curtis? That's going to show up in what, what category? Uh, within the performance board, uh, up on the ticker board, uh, the, uh, oh my goodness, (laughs) in the performance board up at the very top. All right. I got to see active patients and active hygiene patients. You'll see those two numbers. Yeah. Now, cause here's the real truth. Everyone says all these patients, they're active, but the truth of it is they haven't been into the practice or they're not tethered to the practice with an appointment. So we're anecdotally saying, oh yeah, I have 2,000 active patients. Well, we've got to know the metrics to know if they're coming in, they've been coming in, or we can actually predict how many of them will come in with a number like hygiene pre-appointment percentage. So one of them as a whole is to know how many of them have actually completed a hygiene appointment with those codes. But then talk about hygiene pre-appointment percentage. Because I, when I first got into this, I got pre-appointment percentage wrong. And we're going to give you some targets if you're listening. What is hygiene pre-appointment percentage? Okay. So I have my 2,000 active patients. Out of those active patients, let's just make numbers easy. 1,000 or 50% of them are in my hygiene department, right? Right. Of those 1,000 in your hygiene department, you want to know how many of those hygiene patients currently, as of today, have a future hygiene appointment. That is pre-appointment percentage. Let me say it again. Pre-appointment percentage for hygiene is, number one, have they been in your hygiene program? Number two, do they currently have a future hygiene appointment? Right. So if I, everyone, I'm going to just make a big statement here. If everyone leaves with a future appointment for hygiene, they come in for hygiene and everyone leaves for a future hygiene appointment. Okay. Mm-hmm. My pre-appointment percentage, my thousand hygiene patients, could it be lower than a hundred percent or would it always be a hundred percent? Ooh. Are you, I, I Sometimes. Test. Okay. So if a hundred percent of them pre-appoint. hundred percent leave. Everyone, when they come in for a hygiene appointment, my team is the best. Right. Everyone leaves with a hygiene appointment. They left with a hygiene appointment. When I'm looking at the whole, everything, all thousand hygiene patients, is it always going to be 100% or could it be lower? It would be lower because of the 2,000 patients, 1,000 of them are pre-appointed for hygiene. Am I on the right track here? Almost. Let's forget about the 2,000 because we're only thinking about the 1,000 in hygiene. Okay. Of my 1,000 in hygiene, are all of them, do all of them as of today have a future appointment? Then it would be a thousand, it would be 100%, right? It would be 100% if they all were. But I guarantee you, 
that they are, it will never be, a, even if everyone left with a future hygiene appointment, your whole, everything is not always going to be 100% because patients will call and cancel and not reschedule. That as of today goes down. Great job on the day they were here. Right. Good job. Everyone left. But of my whole, how many do not have a future appointment will be much less than how many they leave with. Right. Totally agree with that. And, you know, the important thing to understand what you've just shared, Curtis, is this is very dynamic. It's changing all the time. All the time. And with these targets, when you talk about the, the whole hygiene department and where they should be, and again, you'll see this in the download, the top 10% of people that actually have done the installs, it's 78%. Bottom 10% are at 39%. So, and if you're average, they're typically around 63%. So you'll see in this handout, what we want you to do is go back and figure out what this number is. And the computer and the data doesn't lie as long as it's being entered correctly. And what it does is it presents an opportunity. So don't feel bad. So if you're listening to the podcast, you fill this out and you go, hey, I'm at 39%. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. It's just an incredible opportunity to start playing with the dials and saying to yourself, we got to drive up pre-appointment percentages. Am I on the right track here? You, so as the whole, we want to increase pre-appointment percentage. Right. Right. But for the role, we're going to focus on two different things. Uh, and so we can jump into that too. But you're absolutely right. So when I look at, hey, of all my hygiene patients, I think everyone's doing really well. They're all leaving with 100%. Everyone leaves with a future hygiene appointment. But when I pull my pre-appointment percentage and I look at the whole, it's not 100%. Why? So when I look at the why now, I'm going to jump into the two, uh, two areas of the role. Okay, let's do it. One area of the role is making sure everyone left with a future appointment. In this fake example that we're giving, do we need to focus and pay attention to that anymore? If everyone's leaving with a future appointment, do we need to worry about that? No. No. Hey, it's good. It's going great. Right. You don't, you can celebrate, but you don't really need to track that hundred percent anymore because everyone truly is leaving with an appointment. Right. But if my whole is saying, hey, this is not right, there's something wrong, there's another role that needs to be fixed. And that role in this scenario would 100% be about breaking appointments. If they break an appointment, are we rescheduling them? Do we have a follow-up with them? What is, how is that system working? So typically in an office, who takes that phone call of the broken appointment? It'd be the administrator up front, team member. Whoever it is, every office is different. Right. That person, you want to find out, okay, what's happening? Let's now start tracking all of the broken appointments and how many of them reappoint. Right. Right. That is the role. The role we're now focusing on and talking to the patients and improving. The role is of my broken patients, how many are we getting to reschedule? Very cool. So if you can tally the metrics on that, number one, broken appointments need to be entered correctly. So that's the foundation is number one, 
if you're listening to this, you got to teach your team members how to truly break appointments. Because if I was an administrator, I wouldn't break appointments. I would drag appointments, which means people would cancel or not show. And then I'll just drag them to another day. But when you truly break the appointment, am I... Curtis, you jump in at any time. What it's going to do is record data. It's going to show what happened with this appointment. Now you have true data on how many of those were actually appointed and broken and for what reasons. Correct? Yep. yep. Awesome. And it will tell you whether they're rescheduled or not as well. Because in this scenario where we're trying to make sure everybody has a future appointment, I don't care that they broke an appointment as long as they're rescheduled. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and I would disagree with you because you're my friend. You're not breaking appointments on me because if you're breaking a lot of appointments, we got to do something to fill that time. Now, they do happen, but you want to reduce them as much as possible. That's a different role. But yes, <laughs> if my if I, my making sure that everyone has an appointment, then that's what I want to be looking at. If I'm trying to fix the schedule and make sure that we don't have holes in the schedule, then I'm going to be uh, focusing on that aspect as well. But Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. One of the other things you can do, let's say your hygiene pre-appointment percentage is pretty low as a whole. The individual role is we can start making sure people are appointed for hygiene appointments before they leave, which points to the individual reappointment percentage. Now, I said this at the beginning, I got pre-appointment and reappointment because they're pretty close and I'm not the smartest student ever. I had to actually dig into these data points to understand they're significantly different. But in a dental practice, individual roles, now you can see this as a whole, but it's also an important metric to educate your hygiene team on hygiene reappointment percentage. And I'll just share this, Curtis, you guys recommend top 10% of uh, the users of Dental Intel, they're at 93%, which means people that are currently in, 93% of them are scheduled for their next hygiene appointment? Is that correct? Right. If they have a schedule for a restorative, I don't care. Right. We're not tracking that. Hygiene re-appointment, R-E, means that they left with an appointment. Not that they have one today because they could break it. Right. right. But re means did they leave with an appointment? Right. Bottom, hygiene appointment. Yeah. Bottom 10% of users of Dental Intel, it's at 62% which means 62% of the patients that are seen in those practices today are actually scheduled for their next hygiene appointment. And the average, if you're looking at the middle, is about 85%. Now, this is a big one for us. And I think every dental coach or consultant would agree, this is a pretty telling metric. You know, you a couple things about it. You probably would never want 100% because there's a few less desirable patients that you're going to want to free up from time to time. You never want to make sure you're scheduling 100% of your patients. Your, your job should be attracting people that are the right fit for your practice long-term, right. which includes a few every once in a while that you just got to let go into the universe. But the higher that number with healthy patients, and we coach a lot of practices, we'll find them at 85%. And then through the use of great verbal skills, great systems, they'll grow their percentage, hygiene pre-appointment percentage as a role, individually from 85% to 93 or 94%. And then every one of those hygienists says the same thing. We have nowhere to put these people. We have too many patients, which is a good problem to have. Now, one more thing I'm just going to add to this on the individual roles. You guys deal with very large practices and DSOs. 
And, you know, we see practices with one doctor and one hygienist, one doctor, four hygienists, two doctors, nine hygienists. We get to see them all different configurations. The cool thing about normalizing these data, these data points from the whole department to the roles is you can find best practices because if you have four hygienists, no question, one of them is going to be really good at this or two of them, maybe three of them. And what you can do is you, you can use best practices. You can go to the hygienist who's at 93% and say, what are you doing? Now, if I'm a hygienist and I'm at, you know, 62%, not doing great, I can be inspired to say, hey, listen, I don't want to be at 62% anymore. I want to, can I just listen to the one hygienist in our practice that's at 93 or 94% and I can pick up on what they are, are saying, correct? Curtis, anything yeah. else you would add to that? No, that just takes that exact role of making sure that every patient leaves with an appointment and then looking at it per person rather than uh, the role. So if I'm at 83% was the average, right, for hygiene reappointment. 85 then I can on my at, sheet. 85, thank you. I can look at all my hygienists underneath and say, all right, who's the, where are they each at? Oh, one's at 90. The other two are at 70%. Why? Like you're mentioning it. Uh, but you can break it down whole, role, and then individual. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add one more layer to this because I get to listen to all of our coaches. Now, I'm not the best coach ever, but the, our coaches, I, I learn from them every day. One of our coaches, Miranda Beeson, says this. In this conversation, what's really cool is you just want to bring your team together. Just make, it a, make them aware of their numbers. And you want them to present their numbers to the rest of the team. Because here's why. People can't argue with their own data. If I'm giving you data. It's my data. So it's be careful that you're giving them their data because that can be a little debatable. Teach them, take care of them, educate them about why it's important. And it's not about money. It's about being healthy and creating a healthy situation in our practice. And the more that you can get everybody around being healthy, talking about the truth, being transparent about numbers, and then having them report on their numbers, You'll see things take off in a way that you would never expect them. And it's so cool when you can separate these buckets from the whole department to individual roles. I want to talk about this one too, Curtis. Perio percentage is, perio patient percentage is a really important one. Can we just, let's start with the why, because we get a lot of practices that come in, they aspire or they're on the path to being great restorative dentists. And you can't overlook this one. This one's one of those elephants in the room that you can say, oh, tell us about the importance of perio patient percentage. Ready? Ready. 1,000 hygiene patients. I've got 1,000. Okay. Of those 1,000, I have 100 of those patients in my perio program, which means that they've had a perio. High level, I'm looking at 10% of my hygiene patients have, uh, are in perio. Okay. 10%. That's high level. Right. That's the, excuse me. That's the whole, the right. whole is that now if, as if I'm talking about the role now in to increase hygiene, uh, excuse me, in, to increase perio percentage is the role of that to, it, to help increase it. The scheduling coordinator for hygiene or the hygienist? That's the hygienist. Hygienist. 
the height, the scheduling coordinator cannot schedule a uh, perio if it's not diagnosed. Right. Right. So the role, in order to accomplish the whole, to improve your 10% of hygiene uh, perio patients, patients in perio, to increase that 10%, the role is looking at two, maybe three different roles, but one role being diagnostic percentage, perio diagnostic percentage. Where are you at? The second would be acceptance percentage of hygiene yep. uh, of perio. Yep. So those two roles now, I can now talk with the roles of diagnostic. Is the hygienist and the doctor working together to find true perio? Yeah. And that's up to that's up to the clinic clinicians. Yeah. They, they'll they'll decide that. Right. Then we'd look at the acceptance. How well are they accepting? Now that could be the hygienist, the doctor and the treatment coordinator, but that those would be the two roles that we're going to be focusing on to increase the whole. Yeah. But if we just tell the office, hey, we're at 10%, we need to do better. Oh, I'm going to run here, I'm going to run there, I'm going to run back in the locker room, right. uh, wherever it is. I, I don't know necessarily what to do if you tell me the whole. But when we talk about the role of really, hey, this is what we're going to do, and if we do this, then uh, I'm going to love the whole, the, yeah. the person. I'm loving this, Curtis. Now, if you're following a roll along, we're going to make this even more simple for you as we get going. But here's what I want you to think about. Don't chase every metric. When you download this, you know, this one pager, this tool, you might get upset thinking, gosh, there's a lot of opportunity. Don't chase them all. What you have to do as a whole practice is you got to figure out which ones are we going to work on and improve them incrementally this quarter. That's how we approach it. I'll just tell you what we do. We identify opportunities with practices we coach. And over the next 13 weeks as a whole, we're going to improve this one. Perio patient percentage is a great one because I'll go back to the metrics and you're going to want to check this out if you're a listener. The top 10 percent of dental offices in the United States or install users are at 34%. So 34% of their patients are engaged in the perio process. If you're in the bottom 10%, you're around 4%. Now, I'll just say this. If you only have 100 patients out of a possible 100 that are doing perio, you must live in a very unique place where nobody has perio and everyone's healthy. The truth of it is, is that there's a lot of perio. And perio isn't going away. And it's an important piece of the restorative process or your overall philosophy. And it has to be driven by your philosophy. What's really cool is that the data removes all emotion. Once you pull this and you aspire to do optimal, great dentistry, you're going to see there's a huge opportunity. What we find, I'm going to add another layer, the higher the perio percentage, perio patient percentage, what happens is the restorative schedule goes crazy. So when you go from 4%, to 34%. Now that doesn't happen overnight. You might go from 4% to 10% to 12% to 13%. I'll tell you what's happening in your hygiene department. People are getting healthier. They're more engaged. They know why. They're paying more for their appointments. It's there's no, you know, magic behind this. People are just paying more for 4000 code type procedures here. The other thing that's happening in your hygiene department is your hygienists are really starting to value what they do. Most hygienists are really, really great intended, you know, human beings. But what they often aren't supported with is 
the whole idea that people should pay for this. So what they do is they do heroic profies. They're actually doing perio, but they don't charge their patients for perio. They serve champagne, but they charge for water. We've heard that one about. What we want to do is just, you know, put some light on this. And uh, it's really cool when you can look at your departments as a whole and then divide them into how we approach this as a role. Am I being a good student here? That's perfect. Yeah. Because so many times we see a number. Right. And we either get upset or we say, team, you need to go fix this big whole number. Right. No, no. They're going to do things that may or may not fix it. Give them the role. This is the area we want you to be focusing on. And I know, I'm not necessarily going to say it, but I know it's going to improve the whole, the whole of the company. But I need you to focus on the role. Yep. So that's, uh, you're, you're nailing it 100%. That's, that's, the, that's the whole premise behind it is actionable. Hey, here is your number that I want you to go focus on. Whether you knock on the door, drive to the person's house and knock on their door and bring them in. You send them an Uber. Whether you use a text message, whether you use a pigeon to let them know what's going on. I don't care how you do it. This is the small role that needs to be done. Yeah, I love it. So, Curtis, I'm going to have you back again and again and again as we dive into these metrics. You guys are brainiacs on how all this works. And so my hope is that you you were enlightened today or educated about what these numbers mean and how it relates to your practice. Again, go to the show notes. We'll have this download. You can click on it. It'll take you right to it and use it as a productive, you know, opportunity tool, not a you know, don't, don't go on a, not as a weapon, not as a weapon. weapon. Yeah, very well said. So it's just a great opportunity to bring us together, talk about what it means to be healthier. And we're not looking for perfect here as a team. Think about this. Let's just do a little progress. So Curtis, I want you to share, if I'm listening, I don't know how to find out about dental Intel. I don't know where to go. Where do I go? Tell me where to go. Dentalintel.com. That's that easy. Uh, there's a demo site. Uh, you can just click and say, hey, I'm interested. Uh, if, also, if you click below, there should be a link, right, uh, Kurt, if you're on, watching it on YouTube or something. But uh, if you're talking to us, let us know that you saw this podcast because what we'd like to do is send you anything extra we can that we're discussing, especially when it comes to whole versus role. So let us know that you uh, heard us on the Best Practices Show. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, Curtis, thanks for being here, brother. I always appreciate you. Ditto. Yeah, so thanks, stick, stick around. We'll say I say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends, download the tool that we mentioned today. Use it. If you have questions, reach out to Curtis, myself. We're here to help. And as always... Our hope is we're giving you great information to help you create a better practice and better life. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. 
I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.